I am a perpetual traveler through the Bible. Please join me for the next part of my journey through the scriptures. Stay as long as you like and let us together discover a bit more about the Bible. For many believers today, looking at the depressing state of the world with the global pandemic, the climate that seems to be out of control, and the wickedness of mankind seeming to have no limit, they can be forgiven if they wonder how it is all going to end. All we need to do is to turn to the last book of the Bible, Revelation, and what we read there tells us it's going to work out all right. It does not look that way. In fact, it looks like the devil is having a field day in the world. But God is going to work everything out according to his will. God himself will gain control. In fact, he has never lost control. And he is moving to the time when he will place his son, the Lord Jesus Christ, on the throne of the universe. Revelation is the last book of the Bible, the 66th book. This means that we need to know the 65 other books before we can make sense of Revelation. The rest of the Bible will give Revelation context. Revelation is not a difficult book. Some Bible scholars try to make it very symbolic and hard to understand, but the truth is, in my opinion, Revelation is actually the most orderly book in the entire Bible. John records the instructions given to him by Christ of how to interpret it. No other book in the Bible organizes itself like that. The instructions are given right at the beginning of Revelation, chapter 1, verse 19. Here Jesus says, Write the things which you have seen in the vision, and the things which are now happening, and the things which will take place after these things. I am reading this from the Amplified Bible, as it better communicates what our Lord Jesus is saying to all of us. First, John was told to write what you have seen. That covers the vision of chapter 1. What John the Apostle saw was the Lord Jesus himself walking in the midst of the churches. Then, John was told to write the things which are now happening. That occupies chapters 2 and 3, which are the letters to the seven churches, which is a broad prophecy of the present age of the church. We finished the last of these letters in episode 27 of the podcast. Then John was told to write the things which will take place after these things. This occupies the largest part of the book of Revelation, from chapter 4 to the end of the book. This is a prophecy of what will take place after the church age. From chapter 4 onwards is the beginning of what will take place after the church age. Revelation 4 verses 1 states this. After this I looked, and behold, a door standing open in heaven. And the first voice which I had heard, like the sound of a war trumpet speaking with me, said, Come up here, and I will show you what must take place after these things. Look carefully at this verse, at the beginning and the end of the verse. Here we are told that John will now be shown what will take place after this, after the church age had finished its course and has departed to be with the Lord. For many people, this is a radical concept. I know I struggled for many years trying to understand it. John is first allowed to see into heaven. What he sees is a door standing opened which enables him to look into heaven. John is not the first person in scripture to do this. The prophets Ezekiel, Isaiah, and Daniel were also privileged to stand on earth and see into heaven and observe what was taking place there. Ezekiel 1 verses 1, in the thirteenth year, in the fourth month, on the fifth day of the month, as I was among the exiles by the Kibar Canal, the heavens were opened, and I saw visions of God. Isaiah 1 verses 1, 
The vision of the prophet Isaiah, the son of Amos, concerning the kingdom of Judah and its capital Jerusalem, which he saw as revealed by God during the reigns of Uzziah, Jotham, Ahaz, and Hezekiah, kings of Judah. Daniel 7 verses 1. In the first year of Belshazzar, king of Babylon, Daniel saw a dream and visions of his head as he lay in his bed. Then he wrote down the dream and told the sum of the matter. However, there is something more here, and this is extremely important. Not only does John see into heaven, but he is actually summoned into heaven. No other prophet in all of scripture is called into heaven except John the Apostle. He tells us that he heard a voice like a trumpet saying to him, Come up here and I will show you what must take place after these things. That shows us that the viewpoint of John throughout the rest of the book of Revelation is going to be from heaven's viewpoint. Many theologians feel that this is the place in Revelation where the departure or the rapture of the church takes place. It is highly significant that from this point on in the book of Revelation, the church, which was the focus of chapters 1 through 3, is never mentioned again until the final chapter of Revelation. There are saints referred to throughout the book, but the word church does not appear again until the bride of the Lamb is seen at the end. What could this signify? My personal conviction is that the church is represented by John the Apostle, and is at this point caught away into heaven. What John sees from here on is what the church will see when it is caught away to be with Christ. This is a very important point. It implies that as you read on in this book, you are no longer looking at things from the perspective of time, but of eternity. This means that in eternity, unlike in time, there are no prescribed sequences of events. As human beings on earth in the physical universe, we are locked into time where the patterns of time logically follow one another. That pattern cannot be broken. You cannot go back into 2020. We are as far removed from 2020 as if it were 1000 years ago. Despite what science fiction writers might imagine, you cannot go backward in time. You can only go forward and live only in the present. But in eternity, that is no longer true. When we think of heaven, we tend to project our concept of time as it is on earth into heaven. We think of eternity as an immensely extended period of time where we will be spending all our time doing our favorite things for as long as we like. This is, of course, incorrect. In God's heaven, circumstances and situations may jump back and forth. The series of judgments that follow the seven seals of the scroll, the sounding trumpets, the pouring out of the bowls of the wrath of God, do not follow one another in chronological sequence. We must learn to recognize that when we try to understand and interpret this book. Heaven is not on some distant planet. Heaven is another dimension of existence right here and now. It is a realm of existence just slightly beyond our senses today. When John saw a door opened into heaven, he was permitted to see into that dimension that is present all the time and which governs the visible affairs of earth. That is the biblical position from beginning to end from Genesis to Revelation, and especially in Genesis and Revelation, and we must learn to think of it that way. So now John has been caught up to heaven, and everything he sees and experiences is from the viewpoint of eternity. Revelation 4 verses 2 to 3 says, At once I was in the Spirit, and behold, a throne stood in heaven, with one seated on the throne. And he who sat there had the appearance of Jasper and Carnelian, and around the throne was a rainbow that had the appearance of an emerald. What did John see? 
The first thing he saw, central to everything else, was a great throne and someone sitting on it. That throne is the central theme of the book of Revelation. There are only five chapters in Revelation where the word throne is not found. It is very important to understand that despite all that occurs on earth, all the events we read of in the news and see on television, everything does relate to that central throne from which God rules in his universe. Behind all human events is the government of God. This should be very encouraging to all believers. John saw as well that the throne was occupied. There was someone sitting on it. John is permitted to see God on his throne. What he sees are simply colors, colored lights flashing like gemstones. John saw a figure seated upon the throne, but he could not see his features through all the bright lights that shone about the throne. God manifests himself in these wonderfully significant colors, each color meaning something. They indicate that it is not just the Father that John sees on the throne. There are three colors that are mentioned. The first color jewel is a jasper. This is really a diamond, which is the most beautiful of all gems because it has the ability to capture the light and reflect it back in brilliant displays of color. Diamonds naturally reflect light, which symbolizes the main attribute of God the Father in His holiness and perfection. Diamonds are graded as to whether they are perfect or not, and the most valuable diamonds are called flawless. Here is a perfect flawless diamond reflecting the perfection of the Father. The second stone is the carnelian, also called the sardius, which is blood red in color. That obviously should suggest the Son, Jesus, the Lamb of God, slain before the foundation of the world. During my research into the meanings and colors of the gemstones mentioned in Revelation, I discovered an even deeper meaning of the Carnelian gemstones. Beginning with Aaron, the first high priest was required to wear a small square breastplate with 12 gemstones on it to represent the 12 tribes of Israel when he was ministering in the tabernacle. The first gemstone in the first row represented the firstborn son of Jacob, who was Reuben, and his descendants, the Reubenites. I discovered that the Hebrew word Reuben means, Behold a son, which is a further confirmation of the red jewel-like light of the throne that reveals Jesus, the son. The third color was the emerald. John saw a great rainbow circling the throne, green as an emerald. Green is the color of nature, of creation. Although a rainbow was first seen after the flood of Noah, it was not a green rainbow, but a rainbow of various colors. The rainbow that Noah saw was the promise of God's grace expressed in nature. However, this rainbow with various shades of green circling the throne symbolizes the Holy Spirit administering the holiness and redemption of God to all creation. Did you know that all rainbows are in fact circles? We usually see only part of the total circle of the rainbow, where it touches the ground. So we really see an arc, or part of a circle. So the person who John is seeing on the throne is God in his fullness. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, as represented by the three colors. In Revelation 4 verses 4, we are introduced to some new characters, the 24 elders of God. 24 other thrones surrounded the throne, and seated on these thrones were 24 elders dressed in white clothing with crowns of gold on their heads. Who are these 24 elders? Many theologians think they are redeemed saints, both of the Old and the New Testament, that is, 12 elders of Israel and 12 apostles. 
If this is true, and these are the twelve patriarchs and the twelve apostles, then John had to be one of them because he was one of the twelve apostles. Is he seeing himself seated here? It doesn't make sense, does it? They were viewed as saints because they wore white robes and they had victors' crowns upon their heads. This has suggested to many that they have conquered evil and so wear crowns, and their robes have been washed in the blood of the Lamb. But there are other reasons for crowns and robes. Furthermore, there is an incorrect translation of Revelation 5 verses 8 to 10, which says, Now when he had taken the throne, the four living creatures and the twenty-four elders fell down before the Lamb, each having a harp and golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of the saints. And they sang a new song, saying, You are worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals, for you were slain and have redeemed us to God by your blood, out of every tribe and tongue and people and nation, and have made us kings and priests to our God, and we shall reign on the earth. The correct translation should be in the last part of verse 10. And you have made them kings and priests to our God, and they shall reign on the earth. It would be impossible for these 24 elders to be resurrected saints because John 3 verses 13 states that No one has ascended into heaven except he who descended from heaven, the Son of Man. I think that this group is probably what Daniel and other Old Testament prophets saw when they looked into heaven. Daniel 4.17 says, The sentence is by the decree of the watchers, the decision by the word of the holy ones, to the end that the living may know that the Most High rules the kingdom of men and gives it to whom he will and sets over it the lowliness of men, and gives it to whom he will and sets over it the lowliness of men. Here, Daniel the prophet is called before King Nebuchadnezzar to interpret a dream of the king and makes mention of watchers and holy ones associated with God's judgment upon this king. Daniel 7 verses 9 to 10 also makes a similar reference. There as well he saw into heaven and saw thrones surrounding the throne of God where beings were seated who participated in the judgments and decisions of God. These 24 elders, they are called ancients in some translations, are angelic beings who are put in charge of the present age. They are a body of 24 intelligent heavenly beings associated with the government of God, especially with regard to fallen angels and redeemed people. They are wearing crowns because they are victors in their battles with Satan, and they are wearing white robes because these are righteous angels who have refused to join the rebellion of the devil. Hopefully all of you listening to this podcast will begin to understand the purpose behind these Bible studies. It should begin to center things for us. We should begin to see God as the center of everything. Our egos are no longer center. We should stop living for ourselves and live for Him. Hopefully, the title of this series of podcasts, Revelation Revealed, will take on a new significance and you will see things you never saw before and begin to understand and see new meaning in the familiar patterns of life. This is David Wiles, your fellow traveler in Christ, and this has been the Journey Through the Scriptures podcast, episode 28. Episode 28.